Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, December 1st, 7 a.m. Eastern meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page XXIX, starting with the first paragraph, On the Other Hand. We will be reading only one paragraph. Today's readers are Monica T., Maura Z., Barbara E. The share ID for Thursday, November 30th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,737. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it is 10,741. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Judy S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Judy. I will now ask Nancy H. to read the 12 traditions. Yes, good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XXIX, starting with the first paragraph on the other hand. We will be reading only one paragraph. I will now ask Monica T. to begin reading. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. Wow, what hope here, what hope. We're in the doctor's opinion And this paragraph is giving me a lot of hope. And I just wanted to review that so far in the doctor's opinion, we've been told some very powerful information here that uh, doesn't sound like, you know, to me as when I first came in as a compulsive old reader, it did not sound like a bunch of fun. I'm going to have to put down all of my food, my allergic foods. What? And he's already warned us twice that we have to put down our allergic foods. 100% they have to be down. Wow, gee, that's what I've been trying to do for 50 years. And, and 
and he's telling us that we're different from other people. I have this allergy. Normal eaters don't have this. And I can never, ever have my allergic foods because every time I will set off this allergy. And he's told us that we need some type of a power greater than ourselves to help us. And then the paragraph right before this, again, we've been hammered again. You know, why am I eating? I like the effect. It does something for me. Until it caused me so much pain, it brought me to OA. And if I don't eat it, I'm restless, irritable, and discontented. And then I've got this crazy mind, this abnormal way of thinking, that's going to tell me it's okay to eat, to pick up something. I've been so good. It'll be different this time. And I'm totally powerless over this abnormal thinking of mine. Oh, my goodness. And I, you know, and I has, that explained the, the sprees, the cycle that he talks about. And then he says, on the other hand, and here we are. And strange as that may seem, you know, once a psychic change, what is he talking about here, the psychic change? A change in my thinking, my attitudes, my behavior. This is the spiritual awakening we are guaranteed by step 12, a change in my thinking, attitude, and behaviors that make things different, you know? And I was doomed. I was doomed before I came in here. I was scared to death. Nothing was working. I was 55 years old, and it was all going downhill very fast. And nothing I had tried worked. Nothing, nothing. And I'm a smart, intelligent woman, but I could. Have, this had me licked, just like it did Bill. And I was despairing that I was ever going to get this figured out. And I was, you know, I was getting lots of consequences. I was over 200 pounds and going fast, up faster and faster. I was developing medical problems and I was scared to death. What happened? The last sentence, being required to follow a few simple rules. You know, what's those few simple rules? It's working the steps. Please time me, Julie, I forgot. And, um, you know, working the steps, that's what made the difference. And finding, developing a relationship with a power greater than me. Who has done what? He's removed that abnormal thinking from my mind. I don't, I'm not trying to control this anymore. It's gone. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Madam. Larry. Kelly. Okay. Wait, before Melissa C., there was somebody. Anybody remembers? Okay, maybe not. Okay, who else? Nancy R. Nancy R. All right, we'll stop here. I have Kelly S., Chrissy G., Larry K., Melissa C., Matt M., and Nancy R. Okay, Kelly S., go ahead. Thank you, Julie. Thanks for your service. This is Kelly S., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Let me get my timer going. Okay, so... Anyway, sorry about that. Um, So it says here, the very same person who had seemed doomed. You know, that was me. You know, I came in here... 
I thought I was hopeless. As the big book says, I was seemingly hopeless. You know, I've been around for 30-something years. And it says, you know, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them. Well, part of my problem was that I thought my problem was my eating. I didn't know my problem was living and that I was just choosing to eat, you know, to help help with my living problem. So I kept trying to solve the wrong problem, you know. I wasn't looking for an entire psychic change. I've read this big book. I've had some of this stuff underlined, of course, but I never really got it until I started listening to you guys and really studying this big book that the entire psychic change came from establishing, you know, finding a relationship with a higher power and working these steps. You know, it was a whole new concept of ideas and motives and thoughts and and, and all that, you know, learning to do life differently. And, you know, I kept trying to find the perfect food plan. And, yes, I'm, in, I'm a strong believer in putting the food down. I have to put my alcoholic food down. You know, I have to put the plug in the jug. I mean, it starts there. I cannot do this program drunk. I'm telling you, I've tried it. It does not work for me. So, you know, I have to put the food down so I can be clear-headed. But that's not the problem, you know, because as we've talked about lately, the mental obsession is what drives me back, you know, because I still have that problem with my mind and my thinking, thinking that somehow this time will be different. This time food is going to be the solution. You know, this time this time it'll work, you know. Um, this time, it, you know, it'll make me feel better, whatever that meant. But I'll tell you what, none of those things I've ever tried worked until I started really working this program, as it says here, we're required. You know, we can't, I always heard for years, there's no requirements, just a bunch of suggestions, you know. Well, there are requirements, you know. And right here in this paragraph, it says, being required to follow a few simple rules. That is, if I want the solution. You know, I came in two and a half years ago, and I wanted the solution. And I was willing to finally put the food down. You know, I had no lurking notion anymore that I could control this on my own. You know, I found a, a weighted measured food plan for me. I followed a very structured program and I work this program as we hear all the time as my hair is on fire but I follow these few simple rules and what is that you know I find a relationship with a higher power you know I no longer try to do it alone I work these steps I live in 10 11 and 12 and I do it with you guys and I'm not trying to do it alone anymore you know I finally realized that my problem is food it's not food it's living you know and food was just my solution so today you know I, I am living a different way I am I am what you know I'm I'm living with abstinence I'm living with neutrality I'm doing it happily and yeah sometimes it's a struggle but I'm doing it one day at a time and with God's help with your help and I'm just so grateful to be here and learning to do life different with that I thank you Julie for your service and I pass Thank you Kelly S so Chrissy G will be followed by Larry K or Larry K will be followed by Chrissy G I mean Chrissy G, start with Hi, the Chrissy. Yeah. Hi, Julie. This is Chrissy G, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. Um, I'm so excited to, t- to talk about this. It's my favorite topic, the fact that nothing happens unless God removes this from us and, and creates a psychic change in us. And I, I never knew that. I thought that I just, you know, I'm a hard worker. I thought that if I just work really hard and try really hard and, you know, try to force myself to eat or force myself, you know, to control my, my mental obsession with, with my weight and my, the way I look and how much I exercise, I thought that if I just try to control it, if I said enough prayers and read enough meditations or even, even if I distracted myself enough, you know, I always, I thought that that was the, 
the cure, that if I just got really busy, if I focused on my kids and focused on my work, and, you know, little did I know that all that got me was um, workaholism and perfectionism. And what, what I need to do is I need to let my program steps come in to squash my ego enough to let God, the sunlight of the spirit, come in and remove and just do a, a soul surgery in, in me. And I love when I'm working with other people with the steps and I see the soul surgery happening with them. I absolutely love that. I see it happening, and and it usually it usually is followed by some tears. There's like this cracking open of the ego and a coming in of the sunlight of the spirit to heal all of the brokenness inside. And that's what happens. It's an experience that has happens as a result of these ego deflating steps. And I'm just so excited to be listening, and I can't wait to hear what other people have to share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. Larry K. Then Melissa C. Hey, Julie. Um, thanks for your service, Julie. Uh, this is Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Boy, am I glad there's another hand. I'm glad there wasn't just one hand, right? On the other hand. Uh, see, all my life, I, I felt... I was kind of like on the outside looking in and uh, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin most of the time. And, and frankly, you girls scared me, but somewhere along the way, you know, someone gave me some sugary dessert items and, and all my fears seemed to dissipate, you know, and I could finally talk to you girls. And I loved what, I loved what food did for me. And the only thing I wanted to know was, you know, where's some more of that? And God helped me never to run out of that. Because food gave me that exciting sort of in control, I can conquer the world, I can talk to girls kind of feeling. And it allowed me to function in a manner that I was never, never able to function before. And I ate because I liked the effect produced by the pizza, you know, it was elusive. See, apples and broccoli, they didn't produce the same effect that milk duds did for me. And as the years went by, you know, because this is a progressive illness, and I began to eat for the, you know, for the effect of, the sickest effect of all, really, I was no longer eating to cope with my day. I began to eat to achieve total oblivion. And, you know, it's funny, there's only one thing wrong with total oblivion, as far as I can tell. You wake up, and then you got to start doing it again. And I could separate, you know, couldn't separate the true from the false because my alcoholic life became normal to me. The, the abnormal became normal to me. And everywhere I went, food was involved. My master followed me everywhere I went. I was tethered. We were tethered to each other. To be tethered means to be bound or shackled, and I was shackled to this immovable force but what if we were able to find a means of dealing with these normal human emotions sometimes overwhelming human emotions in a new way you know, on the other hand as strange as it, it may seem what if we were to, to what if we were brought into an effective alignment with some power greater than ourselves that provided a substitute for the effect of the food and guess what we call that recovery and it's real 
And it happens by working the steps and you'll never be sprinkled with pixie dust. It won't happen by reading this book or coming on this line. It'll only happen the way it was ever intended to happen by working the steps precisely, rapidly. I'm, I'm grateful there's another hand. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Um, Melissa C. and then Matt M. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And yet this is the best news because the paragraph before tells me um, that I'm screwed, <laughs> that the desire, um, you know, is uh, it's stronger than I am. Um, and the the mistake that I had always made, and even in OA, I thought that um, I was going to have to get stronger than my desire. I was going to have to somehow the fellowship and hanging out with all you people was going to give me this incentive to beat my desire. And, you know, and so for me, it's like I think my food compulsion, my addiction um, was like a tiger that, that was in this cage. And so it appealed to me when I heard, like, oh, you have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day and safely get it back in. Because um, that's what the desire always felt like, you know, to me. And really what this process, this psychic change has done is it has not made me stronger than the tiger. It's changed the tiger. It's not a tiger. It's it's a kitten, you know. And, um, and so... I'm easily able to control the desire because the desire isn't there to the same, you know, it's not as extreme. It's very occasional, you know, but I have sanity. And so I, when it occasionally interests me, I can recoil like from a hot flame. And so how do I do that? I have to follow a few simple rules, which, um, you know, I kind of smile when I, think of these rules being simple because it simply changed everything. Um, that's about, you know, if you want to have a psychic change, it means to change your thinking, your way of um, relating to the world. And if you're miserable enough, like I was, it suddenly seemed like a great trade. Okay, you know, change, change my thinking because it's not working. And, um, you know, someone had said earlier on to me, uh, it's kind of like you're being brainwashed. And, but you know what? My thinking was dirty, and I needed a brainwashing. And um, I'm glad that my brain is clear today. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Matt M. and then Nancy R. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. the Post of the Year from New Jersey. Once the psychic, psychic change has occurred, spiritual, psychic equals spiritual change, the very same person has seemed doomed, but I know many problems with spirit are solving them, suddenly find so able to control his desire for food or alcohol. It's amazing because for me, like, I struggle sometimes in the day with my thoughts and my thinking. Should I eat this? Should I not eat this? But then somebody usually tells me, you know, when in doubt, leave it out. You know, and uh, it says the only effort necessary being that required is to follow a few simple rules, which is the 12 steps. And it says they're simple, they're simple rules, they're simple tenets, but they're not always easy things to face. You know, it means that I have to give up every single thing I've known, or every single value or more that I had in my past. I have to question everything and whether or not they still, they still are there for me to help. They still help me now today. But I'm grateful that just for today, I don't have to give in to that feeling of uselessness and self-pity. 
I can still the program one day at a time, and I'm grateful that I can do this with everybody's help and my sponsors' help. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Nancy R., you're next. Uh, good morning, and thank you for your service. My name is Nancy R. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, and I felt compelled to share on this paragraph um, because it describes me so succinctly. I was that person who was doomed. I will never forget walking down uh, middle of the downtown Chicago with a ba- with a box of Fannie Mae candies in my hand, stuffing it in my mouth, crying not wanting to do it, but not knowing how not to do it, weighing over 300 pounds. And I just can imagine that people were looking at me, but at that point I didn't care. I had to have my, uh, I needed my fix more than I needed scrutiny from uh, uh, strangers. So what happened? What happened? Um, I, by the grace of God and the fellowship of this program, I have undergone the psychic change. And for me, it has to do with the way I think, the way I feel, and the way I react to life. There's been an inner shift in my, in me, from my ego-centric, to, from being ego-centered, to being God-centered. It's not about me, 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 me. It's about what God would have me to be, and that's the difference. I'm a child of the '60s. I, I, I was an activist and. If there was any issue that really upset me, I was, oh, God, let's rally the troops. And today, I, I still, I, you know, I'm still involved, but it, it, my whole approach is so different. You know, uh, I hear something on the news now that disturbs me. I don't jump up and run and start running around saying, you know, it's like, okay, God, show me what to do. You know, and I'm morning prayers every day. And uh, I can, you know, I can still be an activist, but I, but the anger and the rage that's based on fear is gone, because and, and because ultimately God's will is going to be done, and I know, and I believe I will be taken care of, you know, even if there's legislation that I'm against, I will be taken care of because I, God is always taking care of me. I get this peace of mind based upon following a few simple, simple, it says. A few simple rules. These simple rules are precious to me. They've given me. they given me an opportunity to live a rich, full life, a life I always envisioned but never actually thought I could have. Uh, food, is for, is, food is for nourishment. I enjoy it, but the foods I eat basically is to nourish my body, and I get to enjoy life. Uh, what, a, what a small price to pay for such a great gift. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. And we are on page XXIX, the first paragraph, starting with, on the other hand. Who would Lady. like to share? Lady. 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 Okay, we, every, everybody was kind of jumbled. So after Leah D, Lisa Barbara, B. Lisa B. Tina S. Tina Barbara S. E. Janice M. Beth B. Oh. Barbara E. And let's um, take this group and then we'll see what we have left. So we have Leah D and then Lisa B. Thank you. 
Hi. Can I be heard? Yes. It's like your D as in David. So good morning, everybody. And I really love this part of the doctor's opinion, but I have to make an admission. I want to admit that in 40 years, that word scares me. Once a psychic change has occurred, I realize that every time I read that word, I shudder a little inside. And I had to say to myself this morning, why does that scare me? And I looked it up and it said psychic change. I think it's because it was not 1939 and maybe I'm a child of the 60s, you know, drug, sex and rock and roll. But a psychic change, that word scares me. I wonder how many other people read that and get scared. When I read it the first time and when I think about it, it's like, scary that something is going to happen to me and the truth is it did happen to me and the very same person who was doomed who had so many problems of suddenly never changed suddenly finds himself able to control his desire for food well my psychic change was so phenomenal that i am a new person i would just like to change that word to having, I don't know, a spiritual change, an amazing change, an unbelievable change. I really wonder why that word scares me. But the truth is, it does. And that's a very good thing to think about because I am not alone here. There are zillions of us who read that word every day. And what about it? Following the rules was the key. But a psychic change I don't know. I need to think about that, but I'm so grateful that I had that change this morning and I can get up in the morning and think the first thing I need to do is thank God I'm alive and then thank God that you're here. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Leah D. And Lisa B. followed by Tina S. Good morning. Thank you, Julie, for your service. My name is Lisa B. And I am gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, this is a really powerful reading for me. And I love the shares, but I did feel inspired to share my own experience. And I'm hoping and praying that it would be helpful to another person. So I play everything 110%. Like when there's something that is giving me an effect, I just ride it, ride it, ride it. There's claw marks over everything that I've had to let go of. And I've had to do the same thing with these steps and these spiritual principles. I have to live 110% in these steps to get an effect. And I need to use the spirituality um, that began to take place in me, you know, as a result of working these steps. So when I look at that word psychic, one of the definitions of psychic is says relating to the soul or mind. Synonym for psychic is spiritual inner. And when I look at spiritual experience in Appendix 2, I'm just, you know, reading a part of it. It says, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. But it's telling me that it needs to be sufficient. It needs to be sufficient. It needs to be deep and effective. So I am a true um, compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. I can't do this halfway. You know, our big book tells me if I do something halfway, I'm not going to get half. I'm going to get nothing. I'm going to get zero. So it, I need to uh, to see that for me. That's just what I wanted to share. So that's it. You know, I've had the psychic change. It happened as a result of doing these steps. I feel so grateful to have a map. I'm actually given a map, a plan of action that will will give me these results if I do them precisely. 
And um, it's worked for decades and decades. It works for countless others. I'm not unique. I'm not different that it's not going to happen to me. That's just the illness in me that wants to separate me and still make me feel different and separate and apart from. So anyways, that's it. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Tina S. followed by Janice M. Thanks, Julie. Uh, Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting already this morning. I'm I'm really I'm really glad that, you know, finally, you know, I come here doomed. It tells me that I have no hope in step one. So if I'm staying in step one, I'm certainly uh hopeless. But the good news is is there is a solution, you know, and uh and that happens here and it tells me there are some things that I, I have to do. It doesn't tell me there are things that I have to necessarily be, there are some things that I have to do. And I, and I like that it says, strange as it may seem, it, and that's to those who do not understand. But, you know, I've, I've been around here long enough to know that, you know, if I'm doing what the people are doing that are recovered, that I'm going to get what they're getting. And that is a spiritual awakening that comes about once the psychic change has, has happened. And I love that it was just shared by so many people that the psychic change for me. And it tells me in the spiritual experience, like what, what was just read, is uh, a, a rearrangement, you know, for me, a rearrangement of my ideas, my attitudes, and my behaviors. And when I do that stuff, you know, I'm not doomed. And practicing these principles, the last sentence that was read, you know, um, you know, those are the, the simple rules, are the 12 steps of Al- Alcoholics Anonymous, No Breeders Anonymous, and with that comes about that transformation. And if I'm hoping for something different like I did for a very long time, then, I, you know, I'll just be in that hopeless hope, hoping field. But once I take the action and do the deal, I get it. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Fabulous meeting, and thanks so much. Thank you, Tina S. Janice M., followed by Barbara E. Well, good morning to you, Julia, and thank you for your service. And my name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Wow, this 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 is the answer to the whole book. Um, and here is this is why this doctor's opinion is so important, because he is telling us that Doctor Silkworth's opinion was that the alcoholics, now he's a specialist, right, that these alcoholics were unable to drink normally and that if they were incapable of maintaining, maintaining, you know, because we could stop, we we diet, a lot of people, I say to the new ones, have you ever dieted? Because they say, well, I'm powerless, you say I'm powerless, but have you ever dieted? Well, yeah, we dieted and we stopped, but we couldn't maintain that total abstinence, okay? So the doctor, the doctor's opinion, the doctor, Dr. Silkwood, saw that an entire psychic change was the solution to the problem. He knew. He knew of no other way to bring such a change about, you know, to bring a change. So we say to ourselves, well, let me say I'm powerless over uh, certain foods and my life is unmanageable, and I always add, by me, because that was me, always trying to manage my life, nobody else. I wouldn't listen even to doctors. But imagine today if, you, if a doctor, God forbid, you had cancer, and the doctor said, you know what, we have a solution and everybody would be going to that doctor. I, I mean, I know I would anyway. And you, you have a solution finally for cancer? Yep, this is what you have to do. This is what must be done. There's just a couple of rules, a few simple rules. Oh, okay, then I'm going to try it. 
you know, because I've tried everything else, and there's been no, there's been, you know, there's no cure. Of course, there's no cure here, but there's an arrest for one day at a time. So the promise here is that, you know, our problem, my problem can be removed by following a few simple rules, you know, and um, because I, I've I've done everything humanly possible. And then that desire, because we all have desire, but it didn't work. I I meant it. When I wasn't going to eat, I wasn't going to eat, and I vowed and I promised. But now we're going to have somebody higher than me that's going to be revealed through these steps that's going to allow me to control my desire. Because I can't control it myself. I mean, I just can't. It's impossible. I'm powerless to do that. So this is just unbelievable. I mean, this is uh, first they're telling us about the powerlessness without hope. Now, now they're telling me that you know we have the answer for you, and boy, I mean it's right here. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Janice M. And Barbara E., you're next. Good morning. This is Barbara E. Did you just call on me? Yes, I did. Oh, I was I was unmuting and everything goes silent at that point. Thank you so much for everything and these wonderful shares before uh, and the ones that will follow. I've been abstinent for two decades and received help from many wonderful people, many who stayed in the rooms and a few who chose to go back out. For me, I also received help from embracing the practical philosophy and way of thinking that produces results. However, the decision to turn my will and my life over to God as I understood him was a stumbling block. I'm not from a religious family, and we never discussed God, though my mom did have me say a prayer before I went to bed, but never told me why. It was simply what I did after brushing my teeth. So for me, rephrasing our saying um, helped me quite a bit. I started praying to a God as I don't understand him and turning my life over to the care of good. These two ideas helped me experience, experience the spiritual benefits, that psychic change, a displacement. It was a great relief to me to know that I simply didn't have to understand I just had to accept and follow the principles and steps precisely as written in the big book of AA. And the only principle I follow perfectly is the first principle, honesty. Uh, And finally, Bill Wilson wrote, do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself, what they might mean to you. I'm so grateful that I didn't let my prejudice, my confusion, my lack of knowledge, let me, allow me to go back out there to eat over and over and over again because I felt lonely, even in a crowded room. People would get on my nerves and I'd go off by myself and I'd go to food to remove my aloneness But that feeling of isolation in a barren land always returned, and I'd need more and more and more to self-soothe. Now I don't need that. I've got prayer. I've got the steps. I've got wonderful sponsees and two wonderful sponsors, 
and this wonderful program that I miss so on Saturdays, but I take you all with me in my heart. Thank you. I pass. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you, Barbara E. Again, we're on page XXIX with the first paragraph. And who would like to share? Jeff B. Uh, can you repeat that? Jeff B. Beth B. Beth B. B. Nadia B. Nadia B. Vasa O. Vasa O. Jeanette Jeanette what? Valerie B. Valerie B. And then Maura Z. Leah M. And Leah M. Let's take these. Okay, Beth B. Followed by Nadia B. Beth B, star one to unmute. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, this is Beth B, a recovering compulsive overeater in Charlottesville, Virginia. And um, I, I, I felt compelled to share my experience with, uh, with the effect that um, using food gave me um, because, uh, you know, in the big book, it, it, it talks about uh, – you know, how somebody would get bravery or, you know, some sort of uh, uh, being able to, to, to do things they couldn't do from using food. Uh, my experience has been a little bit of the opposite. Um, food uh, became a way uh, for me to avoid dealing with my problems, uh, which uh, as I uh, continued to avoid them would continue to compound. And um, I used food for many years uh, to, to, to not um, deal with life, deal with the, the normal minutia of life. Um, and so uh, what it used to look like for me is that I would um, often, um, you know, eat just bags and bags of things and, and uh, not pay my bills or not face my family when they were upset with me. Or I would neglect my responsibilities because, quite frankly, I didn't feel like I needed to take care of them at the time. And um, so after many years of using that uh, coping mechanism to avoid dealing with life, I got down into a ditch that was that, that I'm still digging out of today. But thank God I have the shovel, which has come from working the steps and, um, you know, getting abstinent and, and living a sober life. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't have all the answers, uh, for, for, for everyone. I just know that my God, my higher power has given me the answer today. And that is to not delude myself into thinking that, um, you know, for one second that anything, but especially food can, can help me solve a single solitary problem without me. Uh, you know, without some action on my part. Um, and, you know, for the longest time, all the action I took was eating. So, um, you know, I just want to point out that, you know, if you're a newcomer and you're not feeling an identifier with the the feelings of, you know, bravado or that, that it's enhancing your self-esteem to eat and, and, and you're, you're feeling um, – that that you're actually hiding instead uh, by using food, then you're not alone because I've I've walked that road 
and that's the road that I walked, and that's what food did for me. And I just wanted Hi. to share that. Thank you. Thank you. And if we could all take maybe two and a half minutes, we can get everybody done. So Nadia B. followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you to Team Thursday. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Connecticut. And I, um, just looking at this paragraph, you know, um, and looking at the words seem doomed and what it looked like for me, you know, my experience, um, six years in, in OA rooms. And, uh, you know, um, I was in OA rooms. I was 120 pounds and 220 pounds. And here I am, you know, um, learned to puke. And now I am climbing up right from 120 pounds to whatever it is. I'm stepping on the scale. I'm terrified. I am depressed. Um, I don't know how to stop eating. I try to go to the meetings and do some tools, but nothing works. And, um, you know, I'm trying to control this desire um, with all I've got, right? And you know what I'm afraid of? At that point, I am afraid of change. <laughs> what other disease does that to you? I mean, um, and, you know, um, this effort that is necessary um, for us, for me, right, the only effort necessary is being that required to follow simple rules. Um, for that change to occur, you know, wouldn't you make an effort? And um, that's why, you know, I tried and I tried and I tried. And what does it effort look like? You know, I had to redouble my efforts, re-triple my efforts, quadruple my efforts, because sometimes, you know, this disease is requires me to do so. Because when I am eating and I can't stop, when I'm puking twice a day, when I'm, um, you know, going to the meetings and for, for that hour, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not restless, irritable, and discontented. And then I leave the meeting and all I'm thinking about is food or what I'm going to eat or what I'm not going to eat. Um, you know, that requires me um, to double my efforts. Um, and until that uh, psychic change occurred, there's nothing that I could do, right? So that's why we have to work this. We have to follow this few simple rules, like our hair is on fire. And, and that's the only thing that, that worked. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. Vasa O, followed by Valerie B. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Julie. <clears throat> and I'm timing myself. I went and bought a little little teeny timer. I'm, I'm always going over. So thank you, Julie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. By the time t- I came to my first OA meeting, I was desperate. I was doomed. Step one, I had no problem admitting that I was powerless over the food because everything I tried to do over many, many, many years before I came to OA, it did not work. I could, it would work, work for a while, but I could never keep it down, the food. 
and my weight was always going up and down, up and down, trying to control it. I was told from others that was a gift from God. How can this be a gift from God to to put down my alcoholic foods that I loved and lusted and looked at recipes, and I just, you know, I just loved the effects of them. But it was live or die, and I know if I didn't put those foods down, I was going to die. It was progressive, getting worse for me. The key for me was to surrender and work the, and put the food down and work the 12 steps. And to me, just to put the food was such a big thing, you know, not to have those alcoholic foods. Just to go through the withdrawals was a torture. And But I didn't go. No matter how much the mental obsession came back, I didn't go. I prayed. I made the phone calls. The tools came in handy for me. I read the literature. It did, I did whatever it took, you know, to not to go back to the food. And gradually it became the obsession stopped. And my time is up, and I'm going to stop right now. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Valerie B., followed by Maura Z. Valerie B., star one to unmute. Hi, I was trying to find my, never mind. Uh, hi, this is Valerie B., gratefully recovering compulsive overeater by the grace of God. Um, I was just so, um, I was really moved by when uh, we were talking earlier about the psychic change. And, um, and I think I was really struck by that because um, I, too, you know, am a child of the 60s, and, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of psychedelic things going on. And, but this, you know, it seems to me that what it's describing, you know, I, you know, in, you know the, way, the way I see this is that um, I, I believe in my case it's a spiritual kind of thing. I, I think that, that um, I think that, I, I notice that when I when I'm when I'm doing the program and I and I'm tr- and everything is turned over to my higher power, and I'm trusting my higher power and I'm connected, you know, and and my ten steps are all clear and I I don't have you know I don't have anything blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit. I'm doing you know it it, it it's great and I, and I think I think what he's describing here this psychic change that. That, that that turns, you know, people, that brings people back from the dead, you know, which I feel like I was. Um, to me, it sounds like, it's, it's like being born again. You know, you're like, you were one way, and then all of a sudden, you're another way. And, um, you know, but, and I'm saying this for myself, we have to, we have to, we have to keep ourselves fed I have to keep myself fed spiritually I have to not take for granted you know I mean I I have to you know want to you know tell you guys that you know I I definitely I I I fell I fell um you know a couple of months ago and it's been really hard for me to get back up again because after I had this deep spiritual experience and psychic change I started taking everything for granted I'm not listening to the meetings the way I was supposed to. I wasn't making my phone calls. You know, I started taking everything for granted, and I got complacent. 
And what happens is, is we end up, you know, we end up going backwards. You know, we end up going, I ended up going backwards. And so I am so grateful to be, you know, I'm so grateful to be, you know, working with the sponsor again. We're, you know, meeting every Hi. morning at 6 o'clock. It's time. Okay. Um, thank you for letting me share. All right. Maura Z, followed by Leah M. Thank you, Valerie. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. <clears throat> Once a psychic change has occurred, let me start my timer, two minutes. Um, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who seemed doomed, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary be, being that required to follow a few simple rules. Okay, mouth's not working. <clears throat> a psychic change. Now, I had read this in the... 14 years I was in OA, I don't know how many times, but I never knew what that was because it never happened to me. And so when I came into this particular meeting and we started reading this book as a textbook, as it tells us it is, and I learned by listening, by shutting my mouth and listening to what those who have had the problem solved told me and taught me, then by working these steps as arduously as I could, as diligently as I could, putting down the food absolutely entirely, I was able to actually have a spiritual experience, a psychic change, sprinkled with pixie dust, as Larry would say. Whatever you want to call it, the words are irrelevant. The change was internal. It was a metamorphosis. I was completely transformed. I was reborn. This was a new me, and I had a new life in front of me. And you know what? I grabbed onto it with both my hands, and I have not let go since. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Morrissey. And Leah M., you're next. Thank you very much. Uh, The very same person who seemed doomed. I had to know why I was doomed, you know, when we... When we talk about step one, which was described, you know, the, the vicious cycle described my condition so well. It was a realization that I was doomed, and I'm not doomed, you know, because of the allergy of the body. However, that was a bad problem uh, that I was biologically mandated. My very cells demanded more of the same substances. But I'm doomed because of the mental obsession. And, you know, I had to be taught by someone in whom the problem had been solved that the only solution that will ever work for someone like me, a real compulsive overeater, is something that gets rid of the mental obsession. And I know I can't do it by myself because I can't stop the thinking that keeps sending me back to that very first bite over and over and over again. So the steps were going to be designed, are designed to relieve me of that mental obsession. And that process leads to a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. And when I got to that point, I was restored to sanity. Because my mind was not successfully processing the reality that I have a disability about this allergy. However, as a result of the steps, the obsession of the mind was driven out, and I can accept the truth about my disability regarding my allergy 
because I've been restored to sanity as a result of these steps, and I no longer want though that uh, consequence in my life, so I recoil as if from a hot flame. You know, uh, God has allowed this to happen. What the big book promises is that by working the 12 steps, it removes the blocks that keep me from a higher power that enters my life and gives me sanity. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And I'd like to thank everyone who shared um, the share ID for today, Friday, December 1st, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,000. 744. All right, again, I want to thank everyone. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Maura Z please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. My honor and privilege to do so. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.